something shifts when you become a mum, yeah. especially having a daughter. I was very much, yeah. how do I protect her? How do I make sure this, that doesn't happen to her? So I'm protecting her, but also, oh, that there's stuff here that I probably haven't actually dealt with because it's all coming up to the surface again. one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul. Welcome back, my friends, to See One Beautiful Soul. My name is Barbara Heller, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are celebrating Mother's Day, and I couldn't think of a better person to interview than Rochelle Curry, who is a mom, a wife, a writer, and she happened to become an inventor. And you'll hear how she invented, or she would say God spoke through her uh, by giving her this image of how to cure issues that come up with skin and hair. You can go to her website, Neela Botanics, that's spelled N as in Nancy, I-L-A-B-O-T as in Tom, A-N as in Nancy, I-C as in Charlie, S as in Sam, and you can check out her stuff there. I will repeat this again at the end of the episode, but she is offering our listeners a 20% discount to all of her products. All you have to do is when you're about to check out on her site, do SOB20, that's C1 Beautiful 20, S is in Sam, O is in Octopus, B is in Barbara, 20. Today we're going to be talking about some sensitive topics such as sexual abuse and also forgiving parents. And I know that we have touched on these subjects before, but uh, I want to just warn whoever's listening that this could be a wonderful time for you to have a breakthrough by listening to Rochelle's story. If you know somebody who has gone through either of these issues, please forward it to that person with a little note attached saying how much you think this could possibly inspire them. We've been hearing from people that these episodes are giving them hope. It's giving them courage to forgive, whether silently from far away or in person or over the phone or through Zoom. People are having real breakthroughs both separately and together. And our goal here at C1 Beautiful Soul is to make the planet a more loving place. We know all too well that there are rockets being fired right now uh, over Israel. There is terror happening all over the world. Our borders uh, don't feel very safe no matter where we live. There's crime at an all-time high. The way to fix that is to go deep within our own self because everything is a reflection of whatever we are feeling and whatever we are acting on. And if we, in our own small ways, can convince our own heart to believe and feel into peace and love and spread that love around the world and see one beautiful soul that we are all connected, every living being, every living organism, we are all one, then we have a shot at actually making peace, real peace, and having a world that is more fulfilling and having a new generation that believes in unconditional love and practices that. I know it sounds very hokey and woo-woo, but I really believe this and I've seen evidence in it through working with Coherence Healings, through Dr. Joe Dispenza and my friend and coach Manu, that if we all really believe and feel into the images in our mind and in our heart that we could actually see a world that is peaceful, it could actually happen. It happens in every moment that we do it. So I know one thing's for sure. If we don't do that and we just let things fall as they may, 
it will not be an intentional place. It will not be a loving place, but we do have a shot. We have a little bit of control over our own reaction. So please check in with your reaction on a moment to moment basis and just ask yourself, is this the best way to react? How can I bring more unconditional love into the world and watch what happens? Hello, Rochelle. Good to see you. Hello. Thanks for being here. And I just... Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So where did it all begin? When did you get obsessed with helping women in this way? And what was it that made you do that? Like, what was the shift? Were you like, okay, this is... I'm going to create this company. This is what I'm going to do. So talk to us. Tell us how it all started. Well, it's funny because it kind of both... uh, It all started after becoming a mom. So... um, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, I do a lot of like writing. (laughs) So there's lots of like little quotes. And that actually started um, after having my daughter. I was going through like, I guess it was postnatal depression, but I didn't think it was. It never really got diagnosed, but there was definitely like a season of like loneliness. And um, yeah, it was just like a really difficult time. And I found that I was like, I'm going to write for myself and maybe it'll help other people. And so that's kind of how that um, journey started. But then also at the same time, I was going through all these um, changes in my hair and skin, which is very normal after having a baby, like my hair was falling out. And I remember my mom saying to me, oh yeah, that happened to me. And it never really went back to being what it was like before babies. And I was like, oh no, like I don't want that to happen. And so I was like, I'm going to research supplements and, and, and things that I can do to help, help my hair grow back, help my skin become a bit more like, you know, what it used to be like. Cause it just become very dry, very pigmented. I'd had like dark spots all over my face and every doctor I went to was like, it'll go in time. It'll go in time. And it just wasn't going. And I was like, when is it going to go? <laughs> like, um, and so I started researching into things and I was driving one day. It was so random. I was literally driving my car and just thinking about all of these things. Like, what can I do to help? Like I just was reminded of being a kid and my grandma putting oil in my hair, her telling me like, this will help your hair grow strong. Cause I remember I, I kind of didn't love it. And I was like, Oh, can we not do it today? And she's like, no, it's good. Your hair will grow really strong. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I remember calling my sister and I was like, so I think I need to make a hair oil. And she was like, okay, <laughs> why? Wow. And so I just was like, I don't know. I just had this thought. And, and so then I called my mom and I was like, you know, do they use hair oil in Sri Lanka to help hair grow? And she's like, yeah, that's why they use it. And I just went to like all the big cosmetic stores in Melbourne and just was asking all the sales assistants, like, do you guys sell hair oil? And no one did. They were like, no, we don't. That's like, we've got face oil, got hair mask, conditioning treatments, but oil wasn't a thing. And I was like, okay, so there's definitely like a gap here. And then I went to like the Sri Lankan grocer and bought all the hair oil they had. And I started mixing things in my bathroom. <laughs> but I remember as a kid, they used to put a lot in, like it was drenched. I started looking at the ingredient lists and I realized that the key oils that you needed, there were lots of fillers in these oils. Say, for example, one of the oils is like Indian gooseberry, which is quite a popular hair oil in Southeast Asia. It said it had that oil in it, but there was actually 15 other oils as well. So I think that's why you need to use so much. So then I thought, well, if I had the actual oil, would you need to use as much? Would it work better with less? So then I saw the organic straight up oils from all over the world. It was actually really funny. One of the oils I needed was king coconut oil, which is native to Sri Lanka. And I found a supplier 
and I wanted it to be organic. So I found an organic supplier um, and they had all the certification, but <laughs> they just couldn't understand me on the phone. I was trying so hard. Um, and then I started mixing oils, like the actual oils. And I remember I de- definitely didn't need to use as much. It smelt amazing just naturally because the natural oils. And that was the other thing about the ones that you'd get from the Sri Lankan grocers, they were, they were highly perfumed. They just smelled amazing and didn't need to use a lot. And I noticed like a difference pretty quickly. And yeah, that's, I guess, how it started. And then funny story, we, I say we, it's just me, <laughs> but it's so weird to be like, I did all this. <laughs> okay, I want to stop you there. That's a really yes. thing. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast that whenever you have a great idea, it's not you. You're just, yeah. you're just the cup, you know, you're just, yeah. the vessel and God is working. Exactly. So I agree with exactly. you. I love how humble you are. Yeah. It's that. so funny. Cause I tell people that and they're like, who else? who else have you got working with you? And I was just like, I'm like, oh no, it's, it's just me, but, but it's not. And I very much believe that this whole thing was very much divine appointment. Like I believe that this idea came from God, from the Holy Spirit. Like I'm very like spiritual in that way. And I definitely believe that it wasn't by accident. So we actually gave the oils to a, one of the biggest beauty retailers in Australia. They have like beauty scouts that trial products before they ever want to stock them. They, they trial them. And I got an email. I was actually in the US at the time two o'clock in the morning over there and it was the first line said um you know hi Rochelle uh, we just wanted to let you know that one of our beauty scouts used your hair oil treatment on her face and I remember my my heart dropped I was oh my gosh what's happened like it's her skin burnt off like like I mean obviously it's just oil but like I just I was like oh no what's happened and she was like and we just want to tell you that her psoriasis completely disappeared in two weeks and I was like what? And then they were like, so we're not sure if it's like a specific ingredient in the hair oil, but we think you probably should look into making a skin oil with perhaps a similar ingredient list or like highlighting the ingredients that really help with this, because there's obviously something in here that is really healing. For that, we, we were like, we're making, we're going to make hair oil. And it was just going to be hair based, shampoo and conditioner bars, hair mists, like everything was very hair focused. And then after that, it sort of took a turn. So now like we need to focus on skin too. Now it's not as hair focused, which is actually probably a good thing because I have no experience in hair and I'm so crazy the whole journey getting here. Wow. That's beautiful. So what do you have to tell people about forgiveness? What happened? Well, I mean, I can think of lots of things. (laughs) I mean, there's obviously like little things on the daily because people are people. Humans are humans. No one's God. So it's just natural that we're going to mess up. All of us to each other all the time. You're you're making mistakes. That's just Absolutely. And I can think of that's like the most life-changing, I think, would be as a teenager, I was sexually abused. I didn't know that it was abuse because when we learned about it at school, I just thought like sexual abuse meant rape. Like I didn't think it was anything that wasn't rape. And so I just was like, oh, that's not me. And I remember one day like talking to my cousins when I was like 15 or 16 and I just was like, what, what is sexual abuse? (laughs) I think my cousin was like, that is a really random question. Like, why are you asking that? Um, I think I like masked it with like, oh, we were just learning about it at school today. And I was just curious. And so then they kind of explained it to me. And, and then I was like, so I think that happened to me when I was like 12. I shared that with them and it just became a journey of forgiveness. I definitely, when I was like 20, I remember being, I need to make a like conscious decision to forgive this person and move on with my life because it's actually not doing me any favors. It's not hurting them. It's only hurting me right now. I wasn't in danger anymore that I can remember. I'm pretty sure it was like four or five instances. And the person was like a trusted Adult. person. In, yeah. And then after having my daughter, I noticed things were starting to resurface, just how I was feeling about it. Something shifts when you become a mum, yeah. especially having a daughter. I was very much, yeah. how do I protect her? How do I make sure this, that doesn't happen to her? So I'm protecting her, but also 
oh, th- there's stuff here that I probably haven't actually dealt with because it's all coming up to the surface again. The big thing was that I'd, I'd never told my parents what happened. All I want to do is make sure everyone else is happy and make sure everyone else is okay at like the detriment to like me. And so I didn't tell them for years. And then it got to the point where I was just like, I need to tell them partly for my healing, but also because like I have a daughter now and I need to make sure they're aware she's protected. Also like you can't trust anyone. And so I remember telling my parents, like huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. I think they were kind of like, why are you telling us now? Why didn't you tell us when it happened kind of thing? And, you know, I'm like a first generation Australian. So culturally, like I'm very much more westernized than they are. So they tend to suppress things. Like, I don't think I got the response that I would have wanted, but at the same time, everyone knows now, at least like if I'm funny about a situation or I'm concerned about my daughter, like they'll know why and they'll be able to help protect and I also need to cultivate a relationship with my daughter where she's happy to tell me anything there's something about forgiving people people might say it sounds super woo woo or whatever but I think things start to shift in your life people lose weight like they suddenly all this weight drops and it's like all of this stuff that they've held on to is suddenly just gone or doors start to open I've grown up in church my whole life one thing people always say to me is that I have a lot of favor on my life which I'm always like really what does that even mean I do always find that I end up in rooms with really influential people and I just think oh that's my personality or it's just because of my job now I'm starting to be like no you're there for a reason what is that purpose and how do you bring that to life and how do you bring others on the journey use your voice to empower other people but- wow yeah. with certain people I can tell that they've gone through what you described and it's always amazing to me when someone shares that and it's like there's not a trace of it on their person yeah even in your voice I'm a voiceover artist so I listen to voices a lot and I am a voice yeah. everything is voice to me and um that's why I love doing a podcast but you don't have a trace of it on your voice the women who I know who have been sexually abused so many of them have anger in their voice it's just there so you really let go of it it's quite remarkable yeah. and I also understand holding on to things until a certain time because I Definitely went through a period of my life where I was holding on to anger for a long time and I started to lose weight when I let it go. And I didn't realize even at this age that there was more to let go. I'm like, oh, I've been through therapy and 20 years later, exactly, still more, still, come on, really? (laughs) It's so frustrating, right? It's It's like how many more things do you have to heal from? Like, oh wait, I just got triggered by that. I thought I dealt with, but obviously I haven't because something's happening here. It takes a very high level of self-awareness to even know when you're triggered. Most people are walking around triggered. All we're doing is being triggered all day long. For me, I eat sugar when I'm feeling down. I don't even realize I'm doing it. But I have grieved a lot. I'm definitely aware of that. And that has probably significantly lessened the amount of triggers I could possibly walk around with. And there was a year and a half in my life that I had to literally put my hands on my belly and breathe out pain because mm, it was so wow. stocked up and I really thought I was going to die from the pain. So painful. I wow. won't get on the other side of it. And it was like, no, you're just feeling it. So let yourself feel it. I'm a big believer in time healing or wounds. My therapist at the moment was saying, I noticed that like I have a breathing thing that happens. I'll be talking about something, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll be like, <gasps> it's usually like a subconscious trigger. So she was like, every time that happens, just think about what have you just said what are you in a conversation about and if there is a truth I think everyone gets triggered differently so the other big one was probably forgiving mum who is like a wonderful person she's great as a child (laughs) it's one of those things I, I, I didn't quite understand growing up I used to run my own marketing consulting business and set up this big event two hours away from home and she was like I'll come with you for the drive so you don't get tired and I was like okay whatever and so we were driving and I'd known about how she my 
parents fled the war and moved to Australia. So they literally were like refugees like seven years before they were granted like permanent residency status. So what's their background? They're Sri Lankan. Sri, La- Sri Lankan. Yeah. So they're Tamil. So in Sri Lanka, there was like a civil war. And so like the Tamil people were like the ethnic minority. So they were like, we need to leave. Right, they're Christians or are they Hindu? Yes. Or- yes, yes. They're Christians. Yeah. Um, but the Tamil people in Sri Lanka, well, they're Hindu, Christian and Muslim usually. They're not Buddhist. And so I was like, why did you move to Australia? Because like her brother lives in Canada and then my dad has siblings that moved to France. And I'm like, why did you end up in Australia? Like what, what, like, <laughs> like it's so random. Um, and they were like, well, that was just where they were sending everyone. It can't be the Buddhists that were at war with everybody. Um, well, it was the Sinhalese. So the Sinhalese and the Tamils were fighting. It started off as like a college movement, I think, where the Tamil students know equality, what it required of us. Dad would say, for example, if you wanted to study medicine, if you were Tamil, you'd have to get like 100% on your exams. And if you weren't Tamil, you could get like 85. And they were just like, this isn't fair. <laughs> That's how it started. And then it turned into like a full-fledged war. So it was like, civil you know, rights between government agencies, not religion. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not religion, not religion. It got pretty bad. My mum lived in like a Sinhalese part of Sri Lanka and we were driving one day and she just decided to tell me the story and she was like yeah you know I was just at home with my mum and her brother was at school or something and my grandpa had gone to pick up her brother and my grandma had the radio on and it was like if you are a Tamil person and you live in these postcodes or districts or whatever um, you need to leave or find like shelter because like they're going to come and burn down your house. Basically, like there are all these people that are like really outraged about this whole thing and they come kill and destroy anyone that's Tamil in these areas. Oh my God. And so my grandma just like grabbed her passports, maybe a couple of photos, like not like just whatever they could grab. And then they went to their next door neighbor's house who were Sinhalese, but they were like, friends. Um, we'll hide you in our house. So they hid my mum and my grandma and my uncle. And then my grandpa and my other uncle came. And once it was over, my mum's house actually got burnt down. So if they were there, they probably would have been killed. Their neighbors saved them. And so after that, my mum lived in like a refugee camp for like two or three weeks. So she's telling me about how she was living in a refugee camp. She's, you know, oh yeah, it was fine. Like it was just in a school hall and I had some friends there. and. I was like, were you safe? And she was like, oh, yeah, like it was fine. But obviously that's very traumatic to live through, whole house burning down and then living in a refugee camp. And then basically everyone that was in that refugee camp, they just put them on buses and sent them to the Tamil part of Sri Lanka, which is a six or seven hour drive from where they were. And so my mum had grown up in Colombo her whole life. It was like, well, no, now you have to go to Jaffna. That's where we're sending you. And so they were there for, I don't know how many years they were there for, but then before she married my dad and moved here. Then they moved to Australia. And then obviously like there's no support here. Like her mum's in Sri Lanka. She has two kids, no help, refugee. They found a local doctor that was willing to treat us for free. They couldn't buy a house and then rent. just had to find kind people that would help them, which, you know, they did. But that would be pretty hard. I drop my kids off all the time for brunch with my friends. Can you watch my kids? Whereas a very different life. And I think I've held a lot of anger for how she was. And I think she dealt with things by not talking about them. So if she was angry at us or she was angry about something, she just wouldn't talk to us a couple of days. Just give us a silent treatment. We were like, what did we do this time? She couldn't cope with us growing up beard thing to live through because as much you're like giving up things but at the same time you're like but we want our children to assimilate so trauma and yeah change like all at once all the time until now a chance to really settle into where totally she used to go to the doctor and they would be like don't eat avocados don't eat coconut oil stop like they're all about avocados and coconut oil now we were like you know because it was such like you know low fat margarine and Coming to the realization now of like actually understanding her, having empathy for like what she had gone through. So instead of being like, I'm so annoyed at how you treated me, it's like, well, she actually didn't know any better. Doing the best with what 
she had and with what she knew, giving her from a place. You actually did a really good job. <laughs> as hard as things were at times, I feel like my sister and I are good. <laughs> we're good humans. Like a clear indication of the trauma she went through. Or about things. I'm like, do you remember when you did this when we were kids? She has no memory of it. Are you, are you sure I did that? My sister and I both remember this happening. It's just like this black hole in her memory. And so that's hard as well because it's like you'll never get an apology, but you just have to be the, the bigger person and being like, but it's okay. Like I'm okay within myself to accept that, have empathy for her circumstances and actually just like love her as she is. That's been like a real journey, but it's been amazing. Like after having my daughter, I just mums do a lot. <laughs> it's a crazy job. I remember writing her this massive card after my first Mother's Day as a mum. I'm so grateful for everything you did. Just have like a new found love and respect. And I wonder if that comes from your Sri Lankan culture, because when I went to India, Thailand, Japan, Hong Kong, I, I took a trip around the world before I found my Judaism growing up. Yes. Uh, I didn't know what Judaism was. I didn't even think it was a gift. I thought it was just, ugh, because I, I grew up so secular and so watered down. So yeah. it took me a long journey, literally like physically across the world to figure out what I wanted. But when I would meet Sri Lankan people, Hindu people, Buddhist people, even Christians from, it's a, yeah, different, high, it's a different brand. And there's this humility in the East. Elders, you know, they have a special respect we don't have here. If I hear another kid call their dad, dude, or by the first name. I never realized it was a, a mitzvah or a commandment to, to not call your parents by their first name. There's a respect that goes into it. What's one tool or key to freedom to living a free life that you wish everybody had? A big one for me in this particular season has been prioritizing self-care, but not doing my, you know, skincare routine. <laughs> That's like going to a Pilates class, going for a walk, going to a therapist, like doing all those things that are hard and uncomfortable, like, you know, going to a Pilates class, not fun, but you feel so great at the end. Going to therapy, it is not fun, but like you just, you feel incredible by the end of it for me. Whereas it used to be, I need to be the best version of me for my kids. I think before I'd been like, God, that's so selfish. You need to be that person for yourself. Yeah, not for anyone else. And I think having faith is is really important. I, I don't understand how people who don't believe in anything, I'm like, what do you do when things are bad? I feel like there's so much pressure on the person. Everything is up to you. For me, it's like when things don't go the way I planned, God's yeah. got a different purpose. Sometimes I'm like writing in a journal and I'll just go off on like a massive tangent and then I'll reread it. And I'm like, I didn't write that. Nature. I mean, how could you look at that and think that like there isn't a God? Pretty amazing. I'm on your page, man. Same. So much glitter in the world. Yeah. On our packaging, we have like a little psalm on every single package. I love that. Nila means moon in Tamil. Nila means moon. Okay. And so we have like a little psalm about the stars and the moon. And I don't know that everyone knows this, probably not, but I didn't put the full psalm on it because it kind of ends awkwardly on the packaging. And the whole reason I did that was my intention was I would hope that someone would be like, what is this? And then look it up. And then when they look it up, what actually follows in the psalm talks about, well, if, if God could do all of that, then what could he do for you? Mankind is so much more special. We like gaze at stars and, and moon. Like, How amazing is God? Well, if that's amazing, imagine what he thinks of you. Like, it's pretty amazing to think that our products could go to a home that literally never had any religious or faith instilled into anyone. And it could be like their first ever glimpse of the Bible, which is crazy because I think I take it for granted because it's all I've ever known. Cool. <laughs> You're making me cry. I have tears in my oh. eyes. So refreshing to meet someone who's super cool, has a gorgeous face, a gorgeous Instagram. And yet you also believe in God. You're making God cool. And it gives me hope, especially in the wake of what happened of the last week in America. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. I was just speaking with another podcast guest, Frederick Bussey about that. He's like, we make ourselves crazy. 
those people that sh that shot and killed all those people they, they had everything they needed yeah maybe they didn't have mental health but people are have never been more upset and depressed in our country than they are now and we have everything we need we have stimulus checks we have thank you for reminding all of us how important it is if you're going to do beauty on the outside you have to have faith on the inside. Absolutely. You're, you're so exquisitely beautiful inside. And oh, out. thank you. And how can people get in touch with you? I have two Instagrams. So Nila Botanics, N-I-L-A Botanics is my brand. Um, and my personal Instagram is Rochelle Curry. Curry spelt C-U-R-R-I-E and then underscore. And I would love to offer your followers a discount for Nila Botanic. Yeah, whatever. see one beautiful like, soul. Definitely. Yeah, we'll do S-O-B-F we'll and, and you'll get 20% off. Oh my God, oh, I would yeah. love that. Okay, yes, yeah, I'll put it in the newsletter for sure. And I'll also put it yeah. on our Facebook page. That's amazing. How sweet is Rochelle? I love that conversation. And here are some golden nuggets of wisdom from my conversation with her. Being a parent brings in new perspectives to your own childhood trauma sometimes that can help you create great boundaries, not just for yourself, but for your offspring. God can work through you and potentially create solutions to big problems in your life. All you have to do is open up and just know that you are a clee or a vessel for God's love and light and messages. There is such a thing as a divine appointment. According to Rochelle, she felt like whenever she was getting a hit or a message from God about skincare or hair care, it was like a divine appointment. He, she, it, God was calling on her to sit and listen. When you forgive, doors start to open and blessings come in, sometimes from places that you never even would imagine. In fact, Rochelle mentions that when she started to forgive her mother and also the person who abused her, that's when she felt like she could drop in even more to what she was doing as an entrepreneur. I have also found that in my own life that to the extent that I sit and forgive those who I feel hurt me or made me feel enraged or angered or vulnerable in my life, I'm able to really connect deeper to not only my purpose, but the blessings that come from my purpose. Maybe I wasn't seeing them as clearly before because I had a little bit of anger or resentment on my heart. And in order to really receive yummy feeling blessings, we have to feel yummy and whole and happy about whatever it is that we have received. And that means the good, the bad, the ugly, just being at peace with it. And it's sometimes harder than other times, but we have to do our best. Rochelle shared that her mother sometimes even subconsciously went through this difficult struggle of wanting her own children to have the freedoms that she didn't have when she was a youngster in Sri Lanka, but she also felt sad that they weren't going to be growing up in quite the same way with some of the gifts and the blessings that were naturally there for her. And so I think it's a good reminder for all of us that we are all doing our best to give our youngsters, our next generations, all the beauty that we had that we grew up with, and also all the newness and the freedoms that perhaps we didn't have, and hopefully building a better world. In order to do that, it's important to take stock. What were some of the things that you loved about your childhood? And what would you like to bring with you into this next generation from your childhood? If we are conscious of that struggle, then it 
might be less of a difficulty or less of a challenge for us. So very important to love and accept our parents as they are. Being a parent gives you a new respect and love and appreciation for your own parents, no matter how difficult it was for you to be their kid. When you don't have God or a supreme being, source energy, divine in your life, what do you do when things are bad? Whom do you turn to when humans aren't giving you the answers that you need? Rochelle says there's so much pressure on you when you don't have a godly figure in the picture. So I'm curious, what is it that you do? I'd love to hear. Feel free to DM me and feel free to share with me on Clubhouse on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Right now, that's when we're meeting. Um, You can always email me on Instagram at Barbie Heller, B-A-R-B-I-E-H-E-L-L-E-R, or email me at info at barbheller.com and I'll give you all the details. We have a room every Thursday night at this moment. in clubhouse in the C1 beautiful soul club. And we meet at 8 PM Eastern time. And we talk about spiritual alignment. We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the difficult, the wonderful, the wonder of being alive and whatever is on our heart, the challenging and the blessings and the inspiration that's coming in. And we have the most wonderful conversation. So please join us and let's support Rochelle at Neela Botanics. Please feel free to go to her website and you're going to get a discount just for our community, just for the C1 Beautiful Soul listeners, a 20% discount to all of her products. All you have to do is when you're about to check out on her site, do SOB20. That's C1 Beautiful 20. S is in Sam, O is in Octopus, B is in Barbara. If you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learned something new or feel like something from this episode can inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you hear podcasts. May we all choose to look for the light in ourselves and each other in all ways, always.